Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. I'm afraid fear may have gotten a bad rap because some fear in life is good. In fact, some fear is necessary. I mean, small children, they need to be taught to be afraid of a hot stove or else they'll be burned. And as they get older, they need to be taught to be afraid of a busy street or else they may get hit by a car. And as they become teenagers, they need to be taught to be afraid of driving a car too fast or they might be killed. The fear that we're going to study on today's program is not only a good fear, it's a vital fear. It's, the, it's vital for the survival of a nation. It's vital for the stability of a marriage. It's even vital for the salvation of an individual. Though it might not be politically correct to say this, I am convinced that the greatest problem we face in our country today is that we've lost this type of fear. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the fear of God. The fear of God is the glue that holds a society together. It is the safety net that keeps a nation from falling into chaos and anarchy and, and moral destruction. We have lost, for the most part, the fear of God in this nation. And we are losing it more every day. I read about a public school teacher who was retiring early, and when they asked her why, this is how she responded. She said, the problem is really fear. Teachers are now afraid of the principals. The principals are afraid of the superintendents. The superintendents are afraid of the school boards. The boards, they're afraid of the parents, and the parents are afraid of the children. But the children... They're not afraid of anybody. The fear of God is one fear that I want to have and hold every day of my life. If we're going to deal with all of the other fears and find God's best in life, we must have a healthy fear of God. Now, I'm going to lead you through three steps that I think can help you come to understand why it is so important to have a proper understanding of the fear of God and to make sure that we have the proper fear of God in our lives. Point number one, have a positive understanding of the fear of God. In the very term fear of God could very easily conjure up the wrong image in our mind and make you think something about God that neither he nor I would want you to think. You see, God is not some boogeyman hiding behind every door waiting to catch you doing something wrong, you know, so that he can shoot fire out of his mouth and burn you until you sizzle. When I talk about the fear of God, I'm not talking about the fear that, you know, a young boy feels towards a neighborhood bully. I'm not talking about the type of fear that a superstitious person has, you know, of the number 13. I'm talking more about a type of awe and respect, 
you know, that the, the kind of feeling you get when you're standing in like in a majestic cathedral. With that thought in mind, let me give you this definition of the fear of God. The fear of God is the continual awareness that I am in the presence of a holy, just, and almighty God, and that every thought, every word and action and deed is open before him and is being judged by him. I mean, think about that. If we were continuously aware that all of our thoughts, our words and actions would be displayed publicly so that everyone could hear them or watch them or see them, it would make an unbelievable difference in the way we live. In fact, a lot of us worry a great deal about what other people think of us. And that's the fear of man. If we have this kind of fear of other people, how much more should we have of the fear of God? Now, in order to simplify this concept, let me, put it in, let me put it this way. Fear is to the Old Testament what faith is to the New Testament. That's one way of looking at it. Fearing God in the Old Testament is the same thing as having faith in God in the New Testament. When I talk about placing your faith in God, trusting God, believing God, I mean, you don't have negative thoughts about that. And you wouldn't see the fear of God in a negative light if you just realize the tremendous benefits that come from fearing God. For example, you need God's direction in making a decision. Any decision you are face, facing right now, you need his direction. Look at what the psalmist wrote in Psalm, Psalm 25 verse 12. It says, Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will teach him in the way he should choose. Do you need protection from your enemies? Look at the 34th Psalm, verse 7. It says, The angel of the Lord stands close around those who fear him, and he takes them out of trouble. Do you want to stay away from temptation and have victory over sin? Look at Proverbs 16, verse 6. Look at what it says. The fear of the Lord keeps one away from sin. Do you want to have the best quality of life that you can possibly have on this earth? Well, look at Proverbs 22, verse 4. The humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Did you know that the fear of God can not only add quality to your life, but can save you of your medical bills? Look at Proverbs 10, verse 27. Look at what it says. The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. The International Journal of Epidemiology recently shared the results of a study that stated the following. Decisions on religious participation are generally not shaped principally by health. 
Nevertheless, for individuals who already hold religious beliefs, religious service attendance may be a meaningful form of societal integration that potentially relates to greater longevity, healthier behaviors, better mental health, and greater psychosocial well-being. Estimates combining data across cohorts suggest that compared with those who have never attended religious services, individuals who attended services at least once per week had a lower risk of all-cause mortality by 26%, heavy drinking by 34%, smoking by 29%. Service attendance was also inversely associated with the number of psychological distress outcomes and was positively associated with psychosocial well-being outcomes. The point is, we need to have a positive understanding of what fearing God can do for us and why fearing God is not a bad thing, it, that in fact it's a good thing. Point number two, we must personally experience the fear of God. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7 says the following. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now think about that. You cannot have a relationship with God unless you know God. And the very beginning about knowing anything about God or knowing God himself is the fear of God. Did you know that just as important to, the salv to salvation as the love of God the grace of God and the mercy of God is the fear of God. A.W. Tozer, one of the greatest Christian thinkers of the 20th century, he said this, no one can know the true grace of God who has not first known the fear of God. The psalmist said in Psalm 85 and, and in, verse, in verse 9, he said the following, Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. When the psalmist said that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, he simply meant the true knowledge of God always begins with a deep reverence for God. If we were to boil down the fear of God down to its true essence, it is this. Fearing God is taking God seriously and putting God in our lives where, where God belongs. And until we do that, we will never know God personally for who God truly is. So what hinders people from fearing God? What is the biggest obstacle to fearing God? Davis, David told us this thousands of years ago. Psalm 36, verses 1 and 2. I know the sinful utterance of the wicked. No fear of God confronts their own eyes because in their own eyes they are slick with, with talk about their guilt ever being found out and despised. You see, when you don't fear God, two things are in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place and God is in the wrong place. 
You see, the fear of God is not only something you learn, it's something you choose. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 29 says, says many people, they hated knowledge and didn't choose the fear of the Lord. You see, friends, we make a conscious choice every day about what place we are going to have in our life and what place God is going to have in our life. You can choose to fear God, which means you choose to love God so much that He and He alone is the supreme love of your life. And you love Him more than you love yourself or anyone else. Now, this may surprise you, but the fear of God and the love of God are inseparably linked. Psalm 33, verse 18, it says, But the Lord watches over those who fear Him, those who rely on His unfailing love. Psalm 118, this time in verse 4, it says, Let those who fear the Lord say, His love endures forever. Now, I know that there are some of you watching who thought that the fear of God was nothing to do with the love of God. But I want you to jot this statement down and never forget it. The person that fears God the most loves God the best. In fact, there is nothing that will cause you to love God more than a proper fear of God. There is nothing that will bring you more satisfaction in this life than a fear of God. The psalmist writes in Psalm 34 and verse 9, the following. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him, there is no lack of anything. The psalmist said that when you fear God, you will be totally content, you will be totally satisfied, and you won't want anything. Do you know why? When God is in his proper place in our life and we have put nothing else in front of him or before him, he will satisfy every need we have because he is all we need. When we understand who God is, a holy, righteous, perfect God who demands absolute perfection, a God who, because of his perfect holiness, cannot tolerate human sin. A God who sent his son, Jesus Christ, who had to die to deal with our sin. Then, then you will understand why a healthy fear of God is necessary to have a relationship with God. So how can we then increase that kind of fear in our own hearts, in our own lives. How can we fear God more, better, so that we love Him more? The answer, again, is found in Proverbs. This time, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 and verse 5. It says, My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. 
So here is the first truth. When you hear God, then you will fear God. When you get into God's word and you begin to hear what God says, the fear of God continues to grow in your heart. But then you learn another truth. The 25th Psalm, verse 14, it says, The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he will make them known his covenant. When you fear God, then you hear God. That is the way a relationship is built. When I hear God, I fear God. Then when I fear God, I hear God. The fear of God brings a relationship, a friendship with God. Point number three, we must practically express the fear of God. There is a man in the book of Acts named Cornelius. He was a Roman soldier. Do you know what the community used to say about him? Well, you can read about it in Acts chapter 10 and verse 22. Here's what it says. And they said, Cornelius is a just man who fears God. Let me ask you a question. Would the people in your community call you a God-fearing person? Evidently, in the way that Cornelius lived, people could see the fear of God there in his life. There is a difference between people who fear God and people who don't. Now, let me give you three areas where the fear of God should be seen in your life. First of all, it should be seen in your walk. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. It says, Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn your back on evil. The fear of God leads to a life of holiness. When you fear God, it means that you fear displeasing Him. You want to turn away from evil. You want to hate sin as much as God hates sin. Right after Moses received the Ten Commandments, he's standing before the people of Israel, and he makes this amazing statement. It's there recorded in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 20. Here's what it says. Do not be afraid, for God has come in order to test you, and in order that the fear of him may remain with you, so that you will not sin. Now that's interesting because Moses said, do not be afraid, but fear God. Now, how in the world can fear keep you from being afraid? How in the world can fear keep you from sinning? Well, as I've already said, when you understand that you don't have to fear anything else but God, and when you realize that God, that, that fear that you have, that, that means that you love him more, that, that you love him more than anyone else in the world, then your love for him will not only cast out every other fear, but it will keep you from being involved in sin so that you don't displease him. Let me put it this way. 
if we really lived our life in a healthy fear of God, what thoughts would change? What words would never be spoken? What actions would cease to exist? What attitudes would be corrected? What motives would be purified? And finally, the fear of God will also affect your witnessing. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade people. When you truly fear the Lord, you want other people to fear the Lord. Because to fear God is to know God. To know God is to love God. And to love God is to be saved. But it all begins with the fear of God. The wisest man who ever lived, a man named Solomon, was at one time the richest and the most powerful man in the world. He was David's heir to the throne of the nation of Israel, the builder of God's temple, a man unbelievably blessed by God. If Solomon built his house today, it would probably cost well over $1 billion. He had 700 concubines and 300 wives. He wrote thousands of proverbs. He was the man. He was the toast of the town. Too sweet to be sour, the the tower of Israelite power. Kings and queens would travel from all over the world to sit at his feet and learn from him. Solomon blew a big part of his life getting away from the fear of God, and it cost him, and it cost him dearly. He wrote about that bitter experience in the book of Ecclesiastes. After burning up four decades of his life, he looked back in the rear view mirror and he wrote these words, Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13. Here's what it says. The conclusion when everything has been heard is, fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. Franklin Roosevelt once said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. He was wrong. Because when you fear God, you have nothing left to fear. Not even fear itself. And that's what life is all about. Let's pray. Our gracious God, our loving Heavenly Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit just works in our hearts that we will have a greater fear, a greater love, a greater reference and reverence for you, Heavenly Father. May our fear of God guide us in the paths of righteousness. Father, please bless each and every viewer, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our special offer. Each program, we like to offer you a resource to help you study and learn more about God's will. And 
his intentions for your life. Today is no exception. We have this little booklet here. It is called Alone with God, The Secret of Spiritual Power. We'd love to send this book to you as a gift from Lessons for Living Television. There's no obligation on your part. You're never going to get an invoice for it. It's just going to arrive at your home, postage paid in the mail. If you'd like to request this book, Alone with God, pay close attention to the information we're about to provide you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for watching. Before we go, I want to remind you, like I do every week, of some other aspects of our ministry, ways we can stay connected in between broadcasts. One of those is if you follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. On Instagram, every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I post a one-minute devotional video. Great way to start your day. You know, it makes all the difference in the world to begin your day focused on things of heaven. Santos underscore Bill on Instagram. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash L4L television. This program will be on that Facebook page within a couple of minutes from the end of the broadcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter. Subscribe to our SoundCloud uh, station where you will get an audio version of this program that you can download and carry with you and share with your friends. You can also visit our Lessons for Living website, l4ltv.com. On the website, all of the previous programs are listed there. You can watch them and share them with friends and family. I've got a section there where I have different messages that I've done around the country and with a lesson outline that you can download to just to deepen your, your understanding of those topics. Topics like, you know, what happens to us when we die? Why do bad things happen to good people? Who or what is 666? On the website, there's also a live appearances tab where you can see where I'd be appearing live, either in person or virtually. And there's a donate today tab. Should you feel impressed to make a donation to help keep our ministry on the air? We are a charitable organization. You will get a receipt for income tax purposes. Very, very quickly, 
the last seconds. Visit missionnowcanada.com. That is the overseas humanitarian work that we do. Check that out. Find out when our next mission trip is going to be. Maybe you can join us. We are all out of time. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope to do this again next time. We hope you're here. We'll see you then.